Greetings and welcome to the Alpha Ministries podcast. Alpha Ministries is a recovery church whose mission is to teach individuals and institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. Today's podcast is sponsored by the number one SEO New Jersey marketing and WordPress web design company for businesses, churches, and nonprofits. TJB Web Media. The information to get in touch with them is in the show notes. Today's podcast is a message that Alex Bess preached at Freedom Ranch this past Sunday at Church in the Woods. Without further delay, here is the message. Oh, okay. And they had uh, one section where they were talking about the debate of whether or not parents who recognized that their children were a little confused about whether their identity, uh, that they would make the decision as to which way they would go. The problem with that was that the parents have are confused about their own identity. And so they shouldn't be making the decision for them. And the only problem that I see in this, when you're making those kind of decisions, if you don't use this, you can't come up with the right answer. Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 6, says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, and all of us have different stories about how we were raised. Um, most of us were raised, I was raised in a, a household with both parents. And uh, both parents were religious. And both parents believed this. Now, my mom went so far as she went to church every Sunday. And if she went, we went. Now, Dad didn't go, but uh, Dad knew this better than the preacher did, uh, which was a little confusing for me. But, you know, we have, uh, I was thinking about this subject on about babies. Babies are born in the world, and here's the issue. When a baby is born... A baby is totally dependent. So a baby has to be taken care of and nurtured and brought up and fed and changed and all of that stuff by someone who has the uh, compassion and the resources to raise that child to a point where that child becomes independent. But we never become independent. So babies in the world, at some point, you recognize that they're not babies anymore. We don't have to buy Pampers anymore. You don't have to buy Beach Nut anymore. You know, and you don't have, they put the bottle away and all that. Now, here's another thing about babies. In the kingdom of God, when you become a new creation, you are born again, but you're born as a baby. And the same conditions apply 
you, there are some of us in the kingdom of God who grew up as babies, and there are plenty of babies in the kingdom of God who were born again, and they're still babies. Still got the spiritual pampers and the spiritual, and they're still eating the baby food, and and uh, heard a joke the other day. Sunday school teacher says, "Children, how do you get to heaven?" She says, "Do I if I join the church and I and I and I go to church every Sunday and I and I join the choir and I and I become a member of uh, uh, the usher board and." And, and do good things, will that get me into heaven? And they said, no. And then she said, well, suppose I'm a good person and I don't tell lies and I treat everybody right. Will that get me into heaven? And they said, no. And she says, well, can somebody tell me what I have to do to get to heaven? Little Johnny raised his hand and said, teacher, you have to be dead. <laughs> now I got some good news for you if you are a child of God here's the good news you're dead you could not be in the kingdom if you had not died according to Romans chapter 5 when Christ died you did too and, and 5, 6, 7, and 8, those chapters are the basis for the Alpha series. But Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But now the life that you see being lived through me is the life of Christ and not mine. Uh, we get stuck on the fact that, well, maybe the, the Bible says I should die daily. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says you should lay down your life so that his life can be lived through you. So, we, all of us, are ministers. Now, you may not be a pastor, but you are a minister to somebody. And we find ourselves, most of the time, ministering to the old man rather than the new man. Now, let me tell you what I, what I mean by that. When you became a new creation, when you were born again, from that moment on, here's a question. How long have you been alive? Most of you, a good while. Eh? <laughs> you know, I, well, I would say, based on my date of birth, I've been alive for 77 years. But, Here's another question. How long have you been living? That's a totally different question because that is dependent upon the date of your new birth. The life of Christ in you brought the life that is ordained for you and now you are living because of Christ in you. So most of us are younger than we think. But we keep focusing on the birth certificate. So, we are in the world, 
but we're not of it. We have to believe that as a new creation in Christ, as this new person that I am, I have now been given everything that I need, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, to be everything that God called me to be. So I have to stop living as the old Alex and now live as the new Alex based on what God's plan and purpose is for my life. You have to do the same thing. We, we get so distracted by the world that we forget about the word. I want to bring, bring your attention to Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to talk about that this morning. Um, and Colossians chapter 3, the first 11 verses, uh, gives us some warning, basically, uh, the problem that we have is that we know the word and we quote the word, but based on our lifestyle, we don't totally trust God. Because total trust means total commitment. The message that God gave me for two years um, Two years, the, the two years that I was being prompted by God and given information that I needed, and I, I guess it was because these, this was the two years before I got married to Margaret, and so he was getting me ready. And the message was, shut up, and then give up so that you can grow up. And then you'll be ready to get up and go. Um, if you're married, you understand the shut up and the give up part. <laughs> okay. But most of us are still in the growing up stage. Um, it requires your full attention. It requires spiritual discernment. You have to know what's going on around you so that you can see it from God's perspective and then act or react based on what the Holy Spirit tells you. Here's the thing. We have what is called carnal Christians. And the word carnal doesn't mean that they're just still running around sinning. It means that they are immature. And all of us, who came into the kingdom of God, came in as babies, but God expects you to grow up. Does not expect you to remain in infancy the rest of your life until Jesus comes back. And this passage talks about the fact that we are not supposed to be carnal because the purpose of my being here and your being here is to be Christ to others. So as you grow in grace, you look more and more like Christ because the life that is being 
manifested through you is what's called zoe and it's the life of christ and it's eternal life you don't die and go to heaven to get eternal life you get eternal life when you're born again you live forever so let's look at this it says if then you were raised with christ seek those things which are above where christ is sitting at the right hand of god that means that i'm not supposed to be focused on um Material things are not supposed to be the motivation for my life. Everybody has needs, but we have a problem deciphering needs and wants. Most of us pray for stuff that we want without realizing that if you're still breathing, you have everything you need. Now, if you go to the refrigerator, and I don't think anybody in here can go to the refrigerator today, and there's nothing in it. So that means that you have to just make use of what you have because that's all that you need. Seek those things which are above. Stop living below the line and start living above the line. Seek those things that God has for you, and they are spiritual things, so that you can be the manifestation and the exact representation of your Father. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, that does not mean that when you die and you will appear with him in heaven in glory. It means that there is a glory that is available right now to the point where when Christ appears in your life and when he appears, it's at those times when I'm looking at you, but I'm seeing him. And so you appear with him in glory. In fact, we are designed to reflect the character and the nature of our father. It is his desire and his plan that you become the exact representation of your father. Colossians 1.27 says the secret to the Christian life is Christ in you. The hope of glory. So folk who are looking for Jesus and need an encounter with Christ ought to receive that when they receive you. Now, speaking for myself, it took me a long time to get a hold of what I'm saying because I kept looking in the mirror and I didn't see what God sees. I kept seeing the vehicle that I travel in and I didn't see the spiritual man that I am. And once I got a hold of the truth, then I started acting like it. See, you, 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 you have, we, if you're in the old man, if the old man is still living, then what your life looks at looks like is reactions, not actions. 
you react to everything because everything is new to you and you had no discernment about what was going on. But when you are a, when you realize who you are, when you know your identity and you know why you're here, then your actions show that. And they're not reactions. They're actions based on the instructions you get by way of the Holy Spirit. God not only shows you what's going on, but how to deal with it. And then he says, I'll deal with it through you. See, we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And now we are in the kingdom of light. Now, let me go on with this. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Now, how serious are you about allowing Christ to show himself through you? Because you will have to give serious consideration and thought to everything that you are about to say, to everything that you are about to do, and for everything that you're about to think. If it's him using you, then it should sound like him and not you. It should look like him and not you. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, Passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Um, don't know if you realize it or not, but the world that we live in, the world that you were born into, was not God's plan. Everything that you received in the world was contrary to what God's plan and purpose was for you. There is nothing, no world system that is designed to lead you to eternal life. So you can go to school and you can get a degree, but it will not save you. You can be successful in the world without the word. But the end is hell. So we have a choice. But you only have one of two choices. You can adjust to the kingdom of darkness and decide to be success, successful in it. Or you can accept and surrender to the kingdom of light. And let God handle your issues for you. Now that doesn't mean you don't have anything to do. It means that. I grew up in the house with my father. And my mother. My father was a good man. He did everything. Now, I, it's, I thought about this yesterday. I never heard my father say to me, I love you. Never heard that from him. But I never seen him do anything that didn't say that. Everything that he did for me, 
it was because he loved me. And, and I understood that. I understood it better as I got older. But a lot of the things that he told me and he denied me were because he loved me. And I'm not going to let you do that because he knows what it looks like if that happens. My father was a good man. He wasn't as good as my father. And so when I found out the truth about who my real daddy is, I also understood that the only way to please him is through obedience. First of all, I have to believe that God speaks to me. Now, if I don't believe that, then I'm in trouble. But God actually speaks to me. He speaks to me in different ways. He speaks to me through the word. He speaks to me through circumstances. He speaks to me through situations. And sometimes he speaks to me through Margaret. I always want to hear that twice. But when he does, I have to listen. And then it is my obedience that will determine the outcome. So, that was a way that I used to live. But I don't live that way anymore. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these. Now listen to these things. Anger. Wrath. Malice. I don't know if you know what malice is, but that's when you determine uh, that you're going to take revenge on somebody for something that you consider evil. And uh, you do it because you like to. We, we see a lot of that today. Blasphemy. Filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Uh, I thought about the fact that if, if you stop lying, that's, that means not saying anything that is not true. Uh, that would probably eliminate most of our conversation. Now, I say that because a lot of, and, 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 and when I say lying, I don't mean intentionally lying, but if you're repeating what you heard and you don't know whether it's the truth or not, it's probably a lie if it doesn't line up with the word. So, basically, part of your growth is to keep your opinion to yourself. Because when I repeat what I've heard on the news or in a group or from somebody else, what I'm doing is repeating their opinions and not God's truth. There's a verse that says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And if that is true, then everything, think about the conversation that you have, that you had this morning. Think about the conversations that you will have tomorrow. How much of that conversation is positive and grounded in God's truth? As we get older, we have these conversations based on what the doctor said. Okay. Those are not conversations of life. They don't bring life to the situation. 
it doesn't help anybody to repeat what the doc. I that there was a guy in in the church where I got ordained. There was one one guy that I decided not to ever ask how he was doing anymore because he would tell me, and it was a totally physical conversation where he would give me all of his ailments and i said boy this is not encouraging at all but not only was it not encouraging to me he wasn't trying to encourage himself because he was only repeating what the doctor said now what would change in your life if you only said what god said about you Evidently, you would have to start looking at the situation based on, on what God is seeing and not your, <laughs> the, the two people that you should not rely on as far as your conversation is your doctor and your lawyer. <laughs> because their conversation is designed to keep you worried. Uh, and you can't trust God and worry at the same time. So, when my conversation is negative, it means that I am not relying on the promises of God. I'm not relying on what he said is true. And if you're not going to repeat God's word in the middle of your situation, you should learn how to shut up. Because you don't need to hear what you're saying. And if you don't need to hear it, nobody else does either. And then give up trying to help God out. <laughs> Some of us think that God needs our help. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Think about this. You, you have within you the Holy Spirit. That's what happened when you were delivered. The Holy Spirit now dwells in you and is one with your spirit. You were delivered from the kingdom of darkness and now you're in the kingdom of light. And many of us have difficulty after we've been transferred from one kingdom to the other we have problems with the manifestation of the transformation. Um, it is very easy, and Satan realized this. Satan says, well, if they've gotten to the point where uh, they've overcome enough so that now they're not really dealing with the situation the way I would like it, I'm going to offer them religion. So you can be religious all your life without Christ. How many religions are there? And so what we do is we don't realize it, but 
Uh, Matthew 22. Let me read this. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Matthew 22, 32 through 40 says this. 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I don't know about you, but when I look at that, I said that is impossible in the natural. You don't even love yourself enough to save yourself. But when I realize that Christ is in me and that he wants me to submit to the life that he wants to live through me, what's the better choice? Doing it my way or letting him do it his way? One of the things I found out about receiving God's salvation is there is no rehab program. You don't just enter into now a program where you are rehabilitated and you start not doing the things that you should not have done in the first place and you start doing those things. And that's what religion really presents you with. Okay, now here's here's the list of stuff that you can't do anymore. And you look at it and it looks like that list that my nutritionist gave me of the foods that I shouldn't eat anymore. I like everything on the list. <laughs> and I made a conscious decision about the nutrition when I saw that list. I said, I told her, I said, you know, before I came in here, I had decided to die with a smile on my face. And your list messes that up. <laughs> so, so I'm going to keep eating some of this stuff that's on this list. But we do that from a spiritual perspective. We want to compromise. We still want to do some of the things that we want to do. And then let's learn to ask God for forgiveness when we do. But God wants 100% of your commitment so that he can work from a clean place. It's a conscious decision. Spirit-led living is spirit-led living. And it looks like Christ. It doesn't look like you. We want the abundant life. And we substitute abundant meetings for the abundant life. Uh, so we, like the Sunday school teacher, we decide to get involved in all these different things. And we get busy trying to, you know, look busy in the kingdom. When God says to us, I, I have discovered that if you are spirit-led, you can't get worn out. Because you only get worn out when you're trying to do what you want to do, the way you want to do it, 
and ask God to bless it. Why don't we just, instead of going to God and praying with our list, why don't we just go to God and ask God, okay, what do you want to do? I'm available. And I just praise you for using me to do what it is you want to do. Understanding that when you understand what it is God wants to do, it's going to scare the hell out of you. Which is good. <laughs> because you also realize that if he's asking you to be available for that, then he's already decided how to do that through and use you to do it. So the only way that you can praise him is because of what he did, not what you want to take credit for doing. We have everything we need in Christ, which means you shouldn't want anything. 23rd Psalms says that. And everything that we have that we get from God is a gift, which means you don't owe anything. The price has already been paid <laughs> for what you receive. God gives you his grace in Romans chapter 5. Verse 15 says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in, the, in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. You have been justified. As a new creation, you also have been glorified. It says, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You are supposed to be reigning, not reigned on. God created you and gave you dominion over everything in your life by way of your relationship with him through his son. So that dominion authority has been given to you along with the other gifts that are available by way of the Spirit of God. You are supposed to be recognized not by your ethnic origin or your physical origin or where you came from and, and the... the the other identification marks that we use to identify people, what you are supposed to be recognized is as a child of God. Uh, when, I, when I go into the prison, 
God showed me this. It says, when you go into the prison, um, what should happen when you leave there is everybody should be aware that Jesus was in the building, that Christ was in the building by the time you leave. And if it was received properly, there will be some people who realize that he's still there. My wife and I have some next-door neighbors. We have a, 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 on our street where we live, there's a variety of different people. Um, and in the house next to us, there is a Haitian family. Uh, they are the best neighbors you could ever have. Now, I also know that they are Christians because I see them on Sundays uh, dressed for church. Everybody's got a Bible, and that's where they're headed. But I see them going to church, and that gives me an indication that they are religious. But by our interaction with them, I know that they are children of God. There is no doubt in my mind about that because that's what they look like. That's who they are. Has nothing to do with the country that they came from. It has nothing to do with the lifestyle that they were raised up in. We have been meeting now every third Saturday at the Church of the Nazarene uh, over on North Lake. And we have about 25, 30 people show up. And we've been discussing for the last four weeks the culture of the kingdom. What we need to understand is that culture should be evident because we are sons of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to allow the, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to manifest itself through us in a way that folks see us and they see Christ. When they hear us, they hear Christ. Every conversation that you are involved in should end in the kingdom of God and not in the kingdom of darkness, if you're in it. So you should not be involved in a political conversation that leaves you still confused after the conversation is over. You know, uh, I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm, I'm, I'm not only wise enough because of the word, but I'm also old enough not to care about what people think about what God is going to say when I open my mouth. Because if he's speaking, some people are going to get their feelings hurt. And if they got their feelings hurt, that's what they needed. Because they were living by their feelings and not by their faith. And God blessed them with his presence through me to hurt their feelings. <laughs> so, I'm still, I'm still here. He's, you know, the first book that he sent me to was Jeremiah. And he, he warned Jeremiah. He said, now, nobody's going to get saved by your message. But don't worry about it. I'm with you. I got your back. And 
here's the thing that you need to re remember. Uh, if you are a new creation, newborn creation in Christ, then you should have a different and a new perspective on life based on the fact that what you see now, you should see it as God sees it. What you hear now, you should hear it as God, God hears it. And you don't form an opinion based on the majority. You form an, uh, an opinion based on the one. Until you become a new creation, you don't know who you are and you don't know why you're here. But the minute you accept the truth about who Jesus is and who God is, now you become the recipient of a download of information into your being that informs you by revelation of not only who you really are, but why you're here. And so now you look at everything differently because you're seeing what God sees. You're opening your mouth only when God tells you to speak, and he's the one that we hear. You have a boldness that you did not have because of your ignorance. And God says that's where you were. As long as you're in the kingdom of darkness, the only thing that, that, that can describe your carnality is ignorance. But now that you know the truth, and his name is Jesus, you know the truth in every situation. And he now has he, you as the one available to him to show himself in a way that folks see him through you. The good news about the old man is he's dead. But we need to focus on the new man and all of your conversations. When God speaks to you from now on as a new creation, he only speaks to the new man. So don't go to God with all of your old man issues because he will remind you that the old man is dead. And you don't go to the graveyard to talk to the dead people, do you? No, you talk to the people who are alive. Okay. I want to say a prayer. And then we are going to close for the day. Heavenly Father, you are almighty God. You made the heavens and the earth and everything that is in them. You spoke everything into existence. And without you, nothing can exist. Men deny your mercy, your grace, and your existence. Men still elect to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All men have sinned and come short of your glory. You have shown mercy and given grace to those who receive your truth and your love. And as your sons, we have wisdom and discernment. We see the world through your eyes. I pray that we will cease from groaning and complaining about things we refuse to confront with the truth of the gospel. I pray that we will not be distracted by social, political, and personal issues that have no effect whatsoever on our eternal salvation. I pray that we would realize that in Christ all our needs are met and that we are free to love others as Christ loves us.
grant, Father, that your sons will speak your word only with boldness and that our conversations would be the manifestation of the character of Christ in us. And then you will stretch out your hand and heal and use us for your glory as you do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Amen. You have a blessed week. Thank you again for listening. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes. 